Welcome to Helping Realtors Grow and Scale Their Business with a Sprinkle of Faith. This podcast is to empower my seasoned realtors to break through barriers, to unlock and unleash their full potential. I'm your host, Vanessa Barnez. Each week, I'll share my journey on how I scaled my real estate business, selling hundreds of millions in real estate, all while juggling being a mom and a wife. I know what it's like to feel overlooked and forgotten in an industry that is heavily focused on new realtors. This is why I've tailored this podcast just for you. Do you desire to grow your business to 30 million and beyond, but you're just unsure how to do it? Are you overwhelmed, burnt out, stuck, living paycheck to paycheck and have no time for yourself or family? I've been right where you are. My mission is to provide you with actionable steps, proven strategies, and inspiration to help you grow and scale your real estate business. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, my realtor friends, and happy Thanksgiving. So I've obviously pre-recorded this in early November because the second week I'm speaking at NAR, and actually I'm going to be talking to you about one of the topics that I spoke about at NAR, which I'm really excited to bring to you. And of course, this is Thanksgiving week, and I am in full family mode, preparing for my most favorite time of year. And I just think back, like all the memories from my childhood, um, I did have a lot of happy memories and baking cookies with my mom and delivering them to the neighbors and then going to my aunt's house and spending time with all my cousins. I mean, I can really still picture like my aunt's kitchen and hanging out and eating together at the kids' table, of course. <laughs> and it makes me so happy. And I'm curious, like, what are some of your favorite memories from your childhood? Like, did you have family tradition traditions, like putting up the tree after Thanksgiving, or that's what we do, or a certain dish that you all make every year? I want you to jump over to my IG, which is just Vanessa Franz Barnez, and message me, and I want to hear all about it. But today, as promised from episode 11, we are talking strategy today, my friends. And I'm going to share with you that proven legion strategy that I've implemented at a high level to grow my business. And that has served me in all the markets for 21 years in the business. And we, we started working on this strategy about 10 years ago. So it's shifted through the different markets. And I'm going to show you the five steps on how I made over 725,000 in GCI with just my database. So if you're not converting at least 10% of your database into closed sales, grab your pen and paper and we're going to dive in today and I'm going to show you how to do that. I mean, I get it and I hear it from the agents. We're experiencing higher interest rates, which in turn, we're having longer days on market, more inventory, those reluctant buyers and sellers. And as a result, your business is down. It's much slower than it was, right? You're behind on your goal. And now more than ever, we need to focus on those fundamentals. I think you guys hear me bring it up a lot, <laughs> those five fundamentals of being a realtor and this is no different. Your database is part of your lead gen and lead follow-up strategy. So it's two of the fundamentals covered in one. And what I find is so many realtors, especially us seasoned agents, spend thousands and tens of thousands of dollars on adding leads to your database, but then you have no system or follow-up plan. So they you've paid for the lead, they're in there, and then you're like, but I don't have any business. All right, that's going to stop today, right now. I'm going to show you what you need to do to take action on your database and make it the number one lead gen source and the highest return on your investment. So if you have 10,000 people in your database plus, and I know agents that do, and you're only selling like 100 to 200 homes, 
you're missing missing that systematic approach to nurture your database, which is why you have to continue to pay for leads. When you're paying for leads, you're making other people rich, not yourself. You need to put that money back in and invest it in your in your database, okay? Now you should have a decently sized database if you are a seasoned agent. If you don't, you need to start there. We got to put all your people, and I still know agents that don't even have a database. So we've got to get your people in your database. That's step one. So I would say step zero, because I'm going to go over steps one through five today. And if you're not servicing your database, this means two things. And hear me loud and clear. They are going to someone else. I think I mentioned this in episode 10. If you're not talking to some, them, someone else is. And two, as I mentioned, you are missing out on the highest return on your investment. I have proven it. This is where all my business come from. So it's often said, if you're not lead generating daily, you have no business. A lot of people say you got to lead gen every day. I'm going to add to that. And I'm going to say, if you are not following up with them, you have no business because if that contact is sitting in your database that you're not following up with, guess how much it's worth? Zero dollars. They're not just going to raise their hand because they're just sitting in your database. If you're not following up with them, they don't know who you are. So as you implement the steps I'm going to cover today, what happens over time is you solidify that note, like, and trust factor with each person in your database. And guess what happens? You become their realtor of choice and they're not going to go to anybody else, but you have to do all the things so they know who you are, they like who you are, and they trust you with the biggest financial purchase of their lifetime. And my goal, of course, is for you to reach that point where all you need to do is lean into your database and pick up the phone and call it to generate business. Let's go ahead and dive in. So there's five C's of your database. We've got cleanup, connect, client experience, client events, and we're going to collect reviews and referrals. So let's go one by one. Let's start with cleaning up your database. Now, most database management systems allow you to sort. So if you don't know what that means, that basically means like to filter, to sort. So you need to contact your database management. I'm going to say CRM for short, so I don't have to keep saying database management system. We're just going to say CRM. So you have to call your CRM to find out how you're going to sort. So once you find your sorting tool, what you're going to do is you're going to sort your database Alphabet, alphabetized from A to Z. So let's say you have John Apple. Of course, he's going to come up in the A's, right? Me, I'm Jamie, I'm not Jamie, Vanessa Barnes, and I'm going to come up in the B category. Now, if you have a big, big database, you may not be able to do this in one day. And by sorting with the alphabet of the last name, this allows you to recall where you left off so let's say you start it and you're in mid A's because you have a big database, you know exactly where to come back to the next day. And you're not having to go through each A to find out where you left off. So just make sure you sort, whatever way you sort, I would recommend by, by last name, however way you sort, that's where you go back to, okay? Now you may have people like, let's say you get leads from Facebook ads or what have you. And sometimes you only get, a first name. That's totally fine. They're just going to come up in the in the first letter of their the the first letter of their first name and when you sort. So that's okay. You can just use that. But what you're going to do is you're going to go one by one and we're going to make sure we have the following. First and last name if possible. Email, phone and mailing address. Again, don't overthink it. If you have first and last name and email, totally fine. But what you want to try to do the goal is, again, I'm giving you my system, 
The goal is you have as much information, especially those four things for contact information. The more you have, the better chances you have of converting them. The next thing you're going to want to do is you're going to make sure we add what we call a tag. Again, your CRM system may call it differently, but basically the tag is the way you categorize your database. And the tags, again, are going to be different in each CRM. So if you don't know what that is, call your company and ask them, how do I tag my people? And this is how you're going to tag them. You're going to tag them by the first letter of their last name. Kind of what I basically just said. So as you're sorting from A to Z, you're going to go in and tag Apple, John Apple with an A. Because this will allow you on the connection piece in step two, this is going to allow you to systematically follow up with them. So if you don't tag anything else, tag the first letter of the last name. Because if you don't do that, I can't, you're not going to be able to do the quarterly calls that I'm going to counsel you to do and things like that. So do that first. Then you want to categorize, are they a buyer, a seller, investor? Who are they in your system, right? It might be an agent. That's another one, an agent. So categorize them on who they are. Then you want to categorize or tag them their time frame. Now, again, each system is different. You could, I've heard hot, warm, cold. You can tag them zero to three months, three to six months, six to 12 months. And again, let's not overthink this, everyone. You're just calling your CRM and you're saying, how do I tag my people? If you're a KW agent like me, we use command. There are a ton of command videos out there that you can leverage, that you can look at to figure out how to do this. The next and final tag, again, you can get incredibly granular. There's people that do this at an incredibly high level. I'm just giving you the foundation of the basics, what I've used to create the business I have. You want to tag them with kids, pets, hobbies, workplace, veteran. Who are they? What sort of things do they like? Because this is going is to allow you to tailor the client experience for them. So you want to tag them. And again, you can get very hyper tagged, but this is high level. At least do this minimum. To me, this is a minimum. Again, I can't repeat it enough. This is the system that I did that has generated the business and income that I have. So if you want to do that, I'm giving you the system. Okay. The next thing you want to do is you want to identify what source they are. Are they a past client? Are they a sphere, open house, internet, like Facebook ad, internet lead, Zillow? Where did they come from? Are they an agent, vendor? Who are they and where did they come from? This is important for a couple reasons. For my seasoned realtors, this allows you to identify as you clean up your database, you're going to be able to see where your people are coming from. And this will in turn help you identify where you're spending your time, energy, and money. So if you do this process, and you're paying for leads, insert whatever lead source you're paying for, and you find out that it's not your highest converting dollar, your highest return on investment, you need to make a decision. And you need to decide if you're going to continue to invest in that. So it's really important. This The source is multi multifaceted in terms of its importance. So really consider where everything is sourced from. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to tag their birthday. Again, I'm going to talk about this on the connection piece, but you get that from Facebook because all of our clients should be connected with us on social media. And number two key date is their home anniversary. So if they're a past client, we want to find out when their home anniversary is. And the last and final thing is not really a tagging or anything, but 
I want to explain to you the importance of note-taking. So as you're doing this follow-up process with the client, take notes because what this will allow you to do is it will allow you to, when you follow up, pick up on the conversation that you just had, right? So if you're calling them every three months, this allows you to recall the last conversation you had. You're not going to recall every single detail of every single conversation unless you have like a Sheldon idyllic memory from Big Bang, right? So you, we need to make sure what notes are you taking? If you want to do this, which I would recommend, again, this is step one for a reason. You're not to move on to steps two through five until you do step one. You can have someone else do this. You can consider leveraging it off if you have a big database because this will allow you to focus on other things as you're, you know, if you're a broker or have a high level team. But the key is at some point when it's cleaned up, you are the one that needs to go and connect. Or if you have a buyer's agent or a listing agent specialist, they have to be the ones connecting, not your virtual assistant. You need to make that human connection with them. So you can do it that way. Or if you have a smaller database, you can do a cleanup and follow up at the same time. You're cleaning up your database and you're just, while you're there, you're just sending them a quick message or an email to check in. I was, I was curious, just real quick. I'm thinking of something now. If you all want some sort of like conversation practice, it's not script role play anymore, conversation practice of certain things, message me on, on IG and send me a DM and let me know how I can support you there. If that's something you're interested in, that's something I might consider bringing to the podcast. Just real quick side note as I was thinking about that. Okay, that's step one, back on steps. <laughs> step one is done. So that's step one. Step two is we're gonna connect and nurture our database. Everything I'm providing is systematized. So it's a rinse and repeat. So there's four steps to the connect and nurture. There is the quarterly calls, which is why tagging of the first letter of the last name is so important because you're gonna call two letters a week for every quarter. So January is coming around. AB is gonna be week one. Uh, CD is going to be week two, EF is going to be week three, and so on until you get through the whole alphabet every quarter. Then you're going to repeat each quarter. So the next quarter, Q2, is going to go back to AB the first week of the quarter, and so on and so forth. The next thing we want to do, step two of step two, basically, is social media engagement. This is how the birthday, this is how you're going to know when their birthday is. You're going to friend all your clients on Facebook. Don't overthink it. All my clients are my friends on my Facebook page, but you might use IG, find them there. That's totally fine, but find their birthdays and that you're going to put that in your CRM system. And then you're going to comment and engage with them on a daily basis on social media. So I see everything that comes up on, with my clients because I know what's happening in their life because they're connected with me on social media. And you want to comment and engage with them in that platform. The next thing you're going to want to do is we're going to celebrate special occasions with them. And again, because we're engaged with them on social media, we know when their birthdays are. We know when they're celebrating anniversaries. We know the milestones that they're celebrating. And we want to comment with them on Facebook or whatever social media platform we use. We want to send them a personal text, a Facebook messenger. However, we're going to do it to celebrate with them on those special occasions. We also use Canva and AM cards to create personalized cards for our clients. For example, someone's birthday, we'll put pictures from them on Facebook and we'll create cards, custom cards and mail it. Yes, we still mail stuff. <laughs> we'll mail it to them. 
The other thing we do to celebrate the special occasions is we'll arrange pop buys. This is why the tagging, again, the, that categorizing in your CRM is so important because it allows us to connect with them and personalize pop buys. So let's use veterans, for example. Thank you, veterans, for all your service. We appreciate you so much. We just celebrated Veterans Day. Perhaps you tag all your people as veterans, and then maybe you send them something special or do a pop by of bringing them flags or something that commemorates their service. That's just an example. We also, what we would do is we, years and years ago when my database wasn't um, as big as it is now, we would hand deliver homemade cookies. So I would cook for two weeks in the kitchen, prepare boxes, and I would deliver homemade cookies to my clients. I'm sorry for those that had received those that aren't seeing receiving those anymore. My apologies, but I just can't do it anymore. It was just, it's too many. Um, but those are some ideas to celebrate the special occasions with them. The last thing you want to do in step two is we're going to create some sort of email campaign to make sure we're bringing value. Don't just send them emails to send them emails. Make sure it's full of value. So if you want to do a newsletter, maybe you're talking about community events that are happening or market updates and things of that nature. Of course, for your active buyers, you're setting them up on property searches. So they're seeing those every day. When you send an email, make sure it comes from value and contribution first because Otherwise, they're not going to open it. So just keep that in mind if you're doing an email stuff. Step three is we're going to create that five-star client experience. Whatever you want to call it, it could be five-star, it could be something else, but you want to create that five-star experience. And how do we do that? We do that by a couple of ways. We deliver our promise and we communicate it to our clients. Now, the promise, you you can Google promise every, a lot of brokerages, I'm not brokerages, but Teams and agents have their sort of promise that they give, but this is in addition to the buyer and listing agreement. Basically, the promise is your commitment to the client and what they can expect from you and your team if they hire you. So our promise at the Barnes team is to meet every expectation during the real estate transaction and throughout the entire relationship with us. We're going to work together to clearly and consistently communicate with our clients in a manner and frequency in which they prefer, i.e. do they prefer texts, emails, calls? How do they want to be communicated with? And then we communicate our values, which are faith, family, business. Our mission for our clients is to provide that first-class experience throughout the home buying and selling process and beyond. And then our vision is to serve as passionate leaders in the industry and with our local community. And then our goal to our client is that we're going to create clients for life. We want our clients to come back to us. We want to be their one and only. <laughs> we want to be your one and only. We're going to take care of their needs at the highest level with professionalism and attention to detail. We're going to actively listen and answer their questions and be solution-based and handle that entire real estate transaction. We're going to focus on the details so they can focus on the future. So I hope that makes sense that, you know, again, you can find lots of promises online. We do also include what a promise is not. We know I mean, we are all realtors here. We understand nothing goes perfectly in a transaction. If it does, I remember Jamie, my husband was asking me the other day, like about a client and I was like, I know their name, but I don't remember the transaction. That's because it was very smooth. You don't remember the ones that are really smooth. So I just thought it was funny, but we do guarantee, we do say it's not always going to be perfect, right? What we do guarantee is that we're going to help work through the obstacles and we're going to work as a team together to make sure that we navigate around that. 
Once we communicate the promise, then it allows us to create that client-centered approach, which means we're going to prioritize those client needs. So if you have a team, make sure you understand that the client, I always tell my, uh, I don't have a team anymore and I can go into that at a later time. But when I had a team, a big team, I would say the client needs is always front and center. And that's very important to make sure that everyone on the team understands clients come first when you're at work. And we do this by asking a couple questions. So here's two questions. If you want to add this to your repertoire of questions, what are the three most important things that you're looking for in your agent attributes, or you could say whatever, but what are the three most important attributes that you're looking for in the agent you hire? Of course, we've delivered the promise, but we also want to make sure we're adding on what are they looking for and making sure we're meeting the client where they're at. And then we ask a follow-up question. We say, how can I exceed your expectations and make this a memorable experience such that I earn the right to be your realtor for life? And then you let them talk and you let them explain what are their expectations? This is our promise, but also we're going to meet their expectations. That's the whole point of asking the question. So now we're going to combine the promise with the client-centered approach, and this is going to craft that memorable experience for them. We're going to add in the elements that they're looking for, et cetera, and then we're going to have that experience from beginning to end and beyond. Because you understand your client and you can anticipate the needs, you can deliver that exceptional level of service. This is why our clients come back to us year after year and refer their friends and refer their family because of this experience we create. It's very important that you create this for your client. Whatever it looks like for you in your environment with your people and your team, you have to do that. So I hope that it helps at least maybe get you thinking and started on that process. Step four is we're gonna create those client events and community outreach. Now, if you've never done a client event before, please don't start your year going all in at four. <laughs> it's gonna be a bit overwhelming. The goal is to do one a quarter. So if you haven't done one, just start with one. And then you're going to figure out what your system is going to look like. But with 2024 around the corner, I would suggest taking some time and looking at your calendar now and adding those events. Try not to get caught up, though, in what you're going to do. Just put the time on the calendar and figure out the logistics and things of that later. The point is block your time. Before you do that, though, please block your time off. That comes first. Vacation time and time off comes first. Then you'll know when to book the appointment or the, the client events. Here are some preliminary steps to consider. Once you've blocked the time, then you're going to find your location, identify the time of the event. You're going to find your sponsors to offset the costs. So this is really important because your vendors should help offset the costs, making sure, of course, you have a value proposition for the event. The vendor's going to want to know what can they expect out of the event? What is it going to look like? So make sure you have that prepared and thought out. Then, of course, we're going to promote the event. We're going to create those marketing materials. Maybe we'll do call nights with the team to call all of our clients and personally invite them. Very important. Just don't rely on text and email. But we're also going to text and send, maybe we'll send a video, do the emails. We're going to generate that excitement, secure those RSVPs. We're going to post on social media, you know, client event only. Then you get other people that aren't around you in your in your database interested like, oh, they do client events for their clients. So it creates kind of a social media buzz as well. Then when the event, of course, have the event, and then when the event is over, you're going to gather that feedback. And then you're 
express thanks to everybody that attended and make sure you're, you know, talking to those that couldn't make it about the event as well. And then you're going to promote the event success on Facebook or social media or whatever platform you use. So some examples of client events. During COVID, we did a family trivia night via Zoom, which was so fun. We've done spring and fall mini photo sessions, pumpkin patches with bounce houses and things like that. We've done pie pickups. A lot of agents I know do pie pickups. Movie on the lawn, a water park day, because we are in Orlando, so it's hot all the time. Um, exclusive holiday parties for like our VIP people where it's like top-notch, first-class, like high, you have to dress up for it. Um, family outings like canoeing and hiking, spa day with my lady clients. We've done a spa day. Those are just some ideas. I mean, there's so much more, but those are just some of the ones to mention. That's the client events. Now let's talk about the community outreach aspect. So I'm not going to dig into too much detail. It's very similar to the client event, but now you're supporting a charity. So we would select our charities based on feedback from our clients. We'd ask our clients involvement in picking charities and also the team, like what charities are they passionate about? And then identifying that and creating an outreach event around that. The last step is now we're going to collect those reviews and referrals. So if you have outlined the four steps above, this is very easy to do. It should be a no-brainer for the client to give you a referral or give you a review. And this is where your database increases in ROI is when you implement this part. A couple of things to think about here. Identify the platform in which you want to collect the reviews and be consistent, right? Google, Facebook. Zillow, Realtor.com, wherever you're going to do the reviews, stick with one platform. I know there are services out there that distribute, that syndicate to different platforms. So I'll let you do your research on that. We want to create that template for consistency and branding when we're requesting the referrals and reviews. And I would suggest don't limit the review and referral request to the end of the transaction. Because as we know, in real estate, a lot can happen at the closing table or right before the closing table. So consider asking for reviews and referrals throughout the transaction. Then share those reviews on, on social media. Please make sure you ask permission if you are doing a um, either one of those. I mean, reviews are pretty public, that's fine. But if you're asking for reviews or congratulations, consider seeking approval from the client. I learned this the hard way. I had a client that was very private and we did just kind of a shout out to them and we had to take it down and it was a whole big thing. So we actually do a media release now for that if we're going to post about them on social media asking their permission. So just be mindful that some people don't want to be all over the place with what they're doing. So just ask permission and then consider implementing like a thank you program for the client. There's a great book, Perk Your Sphere. I have no affiliation with the book. I don't get anything off of it. But it was a great book to get us starting, like starting to think about a referral type program. So look into that book. Of course, make sure you verify anything you do with your broker or leadership in your, off, your office or adhere to RESPA rules and compliance. I mean, here's the bottom line. Clients that feel valued and supported throughout their journey are more likely, of course, to become repeat customers and refer your service to others. So where can you start? Again, if you don't have a database, that's step zero. I didn't think about that step, but have your database and then move to, you know, move through steps one to five. Start with step one. Don't try to go to the other steps if this is something new, because you have to have step one established 
in order to implement the other steps and focus on one thing at a time. I know sometimes we think all or nothing. I've got to do everything at the same time. That is just your brain. You are in charge of your brain and you tell your brain, I'm going to do one thing at a time and it's going to be totally fine. <laughs> We're not going to do everything at once. Here's the final thought. The size and quality of your real estate business directly correlates with how you cultivate and care for your database. Don't get discouraged. If your database is not immediately yielding you results, it just, it won't. Trust me, I know because this is what I've done. It took us about 18 months all in to get everything implemented. But I'm telling you, guess how much money I spend on outside lead sources? Zero dollars. I pay nothing to anybody. I just leverage my database to make the money that I want to make. So it's 100% worth it in the end. It's totally worth the time and investment in there. And I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed kind of my strategy session today. I know I've talked a lot about mindset and I talk about a lot of other things that I, but I, everything I do, I do for a purpose because I do feel that these are some other things that we need to think about. Again, what have I said repeatedly? What gets in our way is our mindset. The other 20% is strategy and skill. So until you believe in yourself, until you believe you can do it, until you let go of those self-sabotaging thoughts, I can talk about this all day long and it's just, not, it's not gonna get through. I know because this was me. And that's why I'm here to help you on this journey to walk you out, to walk you through this. I'm here for you. I get, I got you, I get you, I understand. Uh, but I just, I love talking about the database because I feel that it's so overlooked in our industry and people just continue to pour in and pay money and do all the things. And then they look up and they're like, I've, I've hardly a business. I'm paying all this money. I have no profit. I'm not paying myself. And it's because of this. And I want to help put a stop to that. Now, if you're ready to elevate your business and make money now, it's time to invest in yourself. You have to invest in yourself. That's just the bottom line. And I have a six-week coaching program to get you jump-started for 2024. Link is in the show notes. I want you to join today. I want you also to help me spread the word about this podcast so we can help other realtors and impact their businesses and lives. So please leave a rating or review for me. Until next time, remember you are worthy of a purposeful, joyful, and abundant life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of helping realtors grow and scale their business with a sprinkle of faith. You can find any resources referenced in the show notes. Want to learn more about me and my work? You can follow me on Instagram at Vanessa Franz Barnett. But if you are ready now to unlock and unleash your full potential, click on the link in the show notes to join my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. See you next week.